Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting to you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Fowl. I am joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Hey, everybody. What's going on? Mike, what's up, dude? No Sammy today. No big Wookiee today. They're both indisposed right now, taking care of some business. Mike, this weekend, uh, man, for all the Jet fans tuning in who listened last week, maybe have some fun with Halloween trivia, but the overriding message of last week's show, Mike, I think, was, man, this is a chance for the Jets to continue changing the narrative and surprising people as this year moves forward, which I think a W last week probably would have done. And when you look at some of the game stats, which we were just talking about, man, it seems like the Jets outplayed the Pats in a lot of different ways. But the result at the end, like it's been at, what was it, 12 or 13 times in a row, something like that, Mike, is the same. A Jets loss, 22 to 17. Yep. And we know what everyone's talking about, Mike. We know the the overriding theme coming out of this game. Nobody was talking about, for good reason, no one's talking about how well the defense played. No one's talking about how we couldn't get anything going on the running game, Mike. No one's talking about any of those things. It's just Zach Wilson. And those mental mistakes, Mike, and those interceptions, which absolutely killed the team. And they always do. There's no good interceptions, Mike, right? But the aesthetic of these picks, the timing of them, the 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 misreading of the play, going to throw the ball out of bounds and throwing it to the other team, these type of things, man, that brings up some brings up some memories for Jet fans some really bad quarterback play that we've had going back 10, 15 years now. Uh, and Mike, we're going to go through some of the stats in a little bit from Sanchez and Gino from Sam Darnold. And now from Zach Wilson, who unfortunately of all those quarterbacks in a lot of ways, statistically has been the worst of those four. And in the context of NFL 2022, Mike, where you had every opportunity to thrive as a QB, that's not a good look on Zach. I'm not totally down on the mic. We haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. We're going to go through the whole game. Everybody talk about some of the positives pulling out of this game, especially on the defensive end of the ball. But I saw you on our chat, Michael. I know you did have some positive takes on Zach, but you were probably more negative about him than I've ever seen you. And for good reason, he really let the team down in a major way this weekend. I thought that he was the main reason why they lost. And um, the thing that's annoying about it is just that I think that most of his problems are in his head. Um, you know, when I saw, when I watched Sam Darnold play, when I've seen Geno Smith and others, even Sanchez, those guys, um, they had their issues. Uh, they, Sam kind of just couldn't learn how to read a defense and he would just make the same mistake twice over and you could tell that he really wasn't a super talented thrower he was a great athlete you know sanchez same thing you know he was more newbie to the position um and and he he defenses and being able to make quick reads with with your mind he you, you could see that he struggled in that arena same with San, with with gino gino's actually playing a lot better now but zach you know that first right up to his very first interception against the patriots he was actually playing the best game i have seen him play this season and maybe the whole time he's been a quarter professional quarterback 
And I was really enjoying what I was watching that deep pass down the right sideline to Garrett Wilson, um, the touchdown that he threw to Tyler Conklin. I thought that throw was money. I, that was money on the line, ripped it, it was perfect. And then he uh, threw an interception and uh, he threw an interception under pressure off his back foot. And right after that play came the uh, pick six that we took all the way, the way back to the house and they called the penalty and mm. it took all the air out of the team and it was all downhill from there. And Belichick really knew what to do with Zach Wilson. His team essentially just put, pinned their ears back and they just put pressure on him and allowed him to just scramble around and make the mistakes. And he knew, and that's how he played it. And LaFleur didn't call an, a, a different plan to kind of combat that. And they fell into the, into the ditch and that was it. <clears throat> so, so veteran coaches are going to know how to play against quarterbacks like that. But Zach, I would think at this point, you know, that even under pressure and under duress, that he's not going to revert back to his schoolyard. And that's the problem. He, he starts, his mechanics completely fall apart. He's not reading the field. He's, he's going off his back foot and he's, not making the correct reads and just throwing the being careless with the football and you got to understand as a quarterback all the players on that team and the entire franchise is in that quarter in that football you need to protect that football like your life depends on it and yeah. he just just does that and and so you know when i i've looked at some statistics zach in a clean pocket is actually one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Believe it or not, he is. Statistically, QBR, passer rating, look at it. He's he's there was a chart I think I sent you earlier with what he yeah, looks like in the in the in the pocket and in a clean pocket. Oh my goodness, like he is there's only Tua, Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes right now better than him yeah. in the league. That's how good he is with a clean but we we know that thinking everything that's going to be per if it's going to be perfect, no quarterback is going to have a perfect situation. Yeah. We know Zach lost uh, some weapons. We know he didn't have Corey Davis, his security blanket. We know Elijah Vera Tucker was gone. But unfortunately, we know he was taking care of the football, but Belichick wrote, wrote up a plan to get him to to scramble around and that unfortunately he went back to these bad habits and you're not going to be a quarterback in this league much longer if you do that i will say this based on there are some throws keith that i see from him that i i that excite me man because no other quarterback that i've seen even i'm talking my whole life as a jet fan I've never seen quarterbacks make throws like that. Yeah, like the, the way first it quarter, looks. Um, it, I think it was a pass to Wilson the first quarter. He threw down the sideline, slung it. Beautiful. Tremendous pass. But, Mike, like you were saying, you know, quarterbacks are very rarely, unless you have a tremendous offensive line, in a perfect pocket. And you see a lot what's happened with the Jets this year, especially if a team knows, okay, maybe when everything's fine, this kid can pass the ball. But as long as you disrupt him a little bit, He's going to have problems. And what is going to happen? Like you just said, Mike, they adjusted in the second half. They pretty much adjusted from the second quarter on the Patriots and blitzed a bunch. Zach was running all over the place, like you said, Mike. On the day, this is 
man, there's a lot to get into here and a lot of stuff to get into with the game. It's mostly revolves around Zach. And also, I mean, that that play, and we're going to get back to Zach in one second, Mike, but that play before halftime on Jonathan Franklin Myers, the pick six, I mean, you want to talk about a turn of momentum. You want to talk about just a line of demarcation in a game where you can point to and say, well, yeah, that's when the game turned on the Jets. Um, never has it been more clear in any game they've lost to me than that play right there. Because if that's not a penalty, and you can debate if it's a penalty or not, didn't look too bad to me, guys. I was at the game when I saw the replay when I watched it home again yesterday on DVR. It didn't look that bad that time either. But in the NFL nowadays, Mike, they call that. So it didn't look that bad to me, but we've seen that look like a bad call, Mike. We've seen even worse than that. Still look like a bad call to me. I don't know what your opinion of the call was, but I will say this. If that doesn't get called and it's 17 to 3, there's only about 20 seconds left. We kick off to the patch. They probably are not going to get a field goal before halftime. You go into halftime 17 to 3. Different game. Yeah, different, different game, Mike. Because they went into halftime instead 10 to 6, kick off to the pats, then it's 13-10. 16-10, 19 22 um, 10 and before we at the end there, Mike. So it really just turned on its head there with that penalty. What did you think about the penalty itself, Mike? You, I mean, that's what the NFL is calling nowadays. There were other penalties that were called against other quarterbacks that were even worse than that. And, and yeah. uh, you know, and were called as roughing a passer. I don't know if you saw the call. I think it was against Patrick Mahomes earlier in the year, which was just absolutely terrible. Um, and it, look, this is what the NFL is doing. And it all became because Tua was throwing up gang signs. That's what happens, right? Yeah. You, you get you get the, the rebuttal. But um, yeah, that was the turning point of the game. And this game was winnable. And I absolutely. think this team can, I'm going to look at Robert Sala and I'm going to look at this coaching staff to make sure that they make adjustments uh, during the bye and they go up there and they whoop this team's ass because we're better than them. I know we're better than them. We're, we, the Jets are better than the Patriots. Now the quarterback was a big reason why, but that JFM penalty obviously was one of the main turning points. So look, um, and now there is again, so Zach for the last three weeks, hasn't been asked to do much. So Jeff fans have been grumbling. He has thrown a touchdown. He's not looking like great, whatever. And I knew we were one bad game away from all this narrative starting. And the moment he had a bad game, all the haters came rushing out. PFF George, all, you know, Anita Marks, all the haters just, just went nuts. All right. And uh, again, that's, that's what's going to happen. Look, Zach's a big boy. And, uh, you know, um, if he's going to be the franchise quarterback, he's going to have to play through things like this and learn. And and you had a bad game. It's your first bad game of the season. You didn't have any really great games. You had the great fourth quarter comeback, and and J.D. brought that up. I know they're going to be fully invested in him. And I think that to for me, Keith, and I don't know how you feel about this, and, again, you and I are veterans. We're not like a lot of the young cats watching this podcast and, and a lot of the young Jet fans that are just, you know, they don't know what it's like they, they're not used they don't know the true meaning of ain't easy being green they don't know okay mm -hmm. uh me your dad and people we know you know what i'm saying i'm going to just give it the year before i lay judgment because we've seen bad games and then cats just t completely turn around look at joe burrow he's had a terrible game did you see even just playing against the browns he looked terrible yeah joe burrow 
Now, of course, he has a lot more money in the bank, so cats aren't going to be like, what the hell is this scrub? Cats are going to have bad games, okay? And guess what? The two biggest interception games that Zach Wilson ever had was against Bill Belichick. I know. And that's just kind of like what Bill Belichick does. So now we're going to go play the Buffalo Bills, which are actually a better defense. And if Zach can right the ship in a way based on his play, who knows? You know, I'll feel a whole lot better going into the bye even oh, if you yeah. take an L as long as I see that he was able to essentially write the ship. Even if he throws a pick, as long as it doesn't – like it's not one what we just saw. There's picks that you throw, and it's like oh, no, these, were, these were these were these were yes. I mean, sometimes Mike, you make a good pass, and a, you know, a defender just makes a play. Right, that happens, you know. Right, um, and you don't fault the quarterback sometimes for those. These weren't that, and in a game where he had his first ever 300 yard game uh, for Zach, 355 yards, 20 for 41 on the day, two touchdowns. Um, a lot of uh, he had parts of the game he played well, Mike. Like you said, a lot of them were in the first half. Um, I think since there was no Brees Hall, since there's no Corey Davis, since the offensive line is, you know, in shambles in a lot of ways, Mike, I think the reason fans are so disappointed and so fatalistic about what happened is because we looked at this game and said, okay, here's a chance and the time that Zach's going to need to step up. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to need to, instead of making the plays that lose the game for us, you can't just game manage, make the plays that win the game for us and take it to another level. And, you know, 355 passing yards, that's pretty good. But he was 20 for 41, Mike. That's not going to cut it in the NFL. Yeah. And the mistakes he was making with the ball, again, it reminds you of the beginning of last year where we had a lot of questions about him, but he's a rookie then. So you kind of put those aside. But I, like I said, I just think we had a lot of expectations, Jet fans. I know I did coming into this game thinking, all right, man, Zach's going to need to step it up for us to succeed. And his first kind of audition without Brees Hall, yeah. without us knowing we have this beast just right there. Me and you said it after we drafted him. We said it during the preseason. We said it the first couple of weeks. The offense is going to run through Brees Hall. It started running through Brees Hall. We started having success. He gets hurt. So we all said, okay, here's Zach Wilson's chance. And he failed, Mike. The yardage is great. And two big plays were great. But questions are lingering. And – I think that it's fair to question, you know, the quarterback in the situation. I think one of the reasons why is because you look at the Jets D and even in this game last week, guys, why Mike is saying, why Mike is convinced the Jets are better than the Patriots, even though we just took an L. The Patriots averaged 3.8 yards a play last week, guys. Okay. The Jets, 6.7 yards a play. They almost doubled them. Okay. The Jets had almost 400 yards in total offense. The Patriots had 288, 15 passing first downs for the Jets. It's just the mistakes that we had. One of them cost us a pick six. Horrible mistake by the Jets. All the time Zach turned the ball over, they turned it into points. And I would be, Mike, I wouldn't disagree necessarily that the Jets aren't a better team because it did seem like a lot of ways we were. It just seems like the Patriots do what they always do, which is allow you. And it's basically what CJ Mosley said. We found ways to lose this game. The Patriots try not to make mistakes and they throw a pick and he fumbled the ball to Mac Jones. Um, only 194 yards for Jones. He didn't do nothing. Mike right. Stevenson. We know Stevenson's a great running back right now, really ascending this year. Probably their best weapon in the game was Stevenson. Yeah, he Steven. ran the ball. Stevenson's good, man. And he had 70 yards receiving and he had yeah, 70 I, I, yards rushing. 
But I, I think didn't they realize did how good he was. I didn't realize how good he was until this game because obviously I didn't want anyone scoring and we couldn't stop him. And I'm like, damn it, this guy is he, – he was just all over the place. So yeah, that, and that's really their strength. Mac Jones isn't anything that uh, scares us, right? And our defense was doing its thing. Oh, we, look, we're again, we're, I think we are heads and tails better than this team. And I expect to win against the Patriots in Foxborough. I'm going to judge this coaching staff based on that Patriots game, because you should not allow an inferior team to beat you twice, especially after seeing what happened, the mistakes, because you had this team on the run. So I expect a W in, in New England. I expect it. Yeah, no, I mean, I hope so. And I think in a couple of weeks, the game might look a little different. Um, they had parts of this game, man. They look good. That, that drive, you said, Mike, at the beginning there. The pass to Conklin on point. The pass to Conklin in the fourth quarter, too, was pretty good. A big reception by Mims towards the end. Great. Um, he he showed out. Now, yeah. another issue, Mike, Elijah Moore doesn't get a target, doesn't really factor into this game. Mims, though, was out there, played a lot more than Elijah Moore did. You know, he had a big-time reception, ran down the side. A much bigger player, too, than Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore had another wise-ass comment after the game about the Jets. Oh, I don't even – they don't throw the ball to me, so how do I know what my chemistry is with Zach Wilson? As if you didn't just – practice with them and play with them for the past year and a half these i mean it's just the, you try to be funny and have a wise ass comment and you're just stupid you know because you've been playing with a guy for a year and a half so your chemistry is established if for one game you don't get the ball does that mean you don't have an answer to the question you're an idiot uh they're starting to bother me mike but you you sent me some info mike uh and it was in regards to zach and in regards to kind of some of the other qbs we had i just want to throw this out at jet fans just kind of put things in perspective so sanchez when we had Mark through his first 18 games, Mike, 18 TDs for him, almost 3,000 yards, about 55% completion percentage. Gino, 14 TDs, 23 ints for Gino, his first 18 games, 56% completion percentage, Mike. Sam, actually the best of all of them, 59% completion percentage, almost 4,000 yards, 24, 23 TDs, 24 interceptions. And then you have Zach Wilson, 55%. 3,300 yards, 12 TDs, 16 ints. Of all of those guys, Michael, he has the least amount of touchdowns and the lowest quarterback rating in the context of the NFL 2022. That's not the best look, considering how the rules are kind of crafted for you to succeed now. Now, in context, everyone has a different line, different weapons, different everything. But I would argue, Michael, that Geno and Darnold probably had a worse roster than Zach has this year. I think Sanchez's first couple of years probably had the best roster, Mike. Um, but man, you look back and you're like, wow, since we drafted Sanchez, what year was that? 2009, Mike. 2009. From then until right now, uh, we've won games. We've made the playoffs a couple times with Rex. I get it. But maybe that 2015 year with Fitzpatrick's the only year we saw like really good, consistent quarterback play. Would you agree with that? I would probably agree with that. I mean, we... We haven't had, we haven't really had any really good quarterback play. Really, actually, Fitzpatrick in 2015, and then I would even say, um, uh, what's his name, Jake. Uh, he did a pretty good job too uh, for a little while, but no, it's we haven't had it. And Zach, to your point, has been actually statistically worse than all of them. But what's crazy about Zach is I feel like he's has the greatest ceiling out of all of them. Yeah. Um, I, you, all of us, we have to see more from him. And if 
this season doesn't end up being that we have to pivot from Zach Wilson's development because we're in the midst of a playoff hunt, then I think the coach is just going to have to make the decision to do what's best for everybody on that roster. And we can have a discussion about the future state of the quarterback position later. I look at the Jets and I don't, even if Zach doesn't make it, like when Sanchez wasn't it, it was depressing. It was dark when, you know, I didn't really care about Gino. He got punched in the face. When Sam didn't make it in that third year, it was dark and depressing. And I'm just like, damn, you know, but if Zach doesn't make it, I'm not really going to be that depressed because the team is nasty. The team is young. It's healthy. It's, you know, financially we have money. And I think that any quarterback, decent quarterback that comes to the Jets, if that's where we needed to go, We'll take this team to the next level. It's kind of like with Vinny Testaverde or even Brett Favre got here. Brett Favre, that team could have gone to the Super Bowl. People don't even realize if he hadn't got hurt, that team was nasty. That team was even better than the 2010 team. People don't really realize that. But, you know, so that's how I look at the Jets. Like, they're young, and I'm not going to let a quarterback, one player, like, take us down. If he's not the guy, he's not the guy. And we got to be real about it, Jet fans. And right now, Zach has not shown us. He's shown us one quarter where we said, that's it. That's who you need to be when we call on you. And other than that, I mean, he's managed the game pretty decently. He makes some really cool throws, but definitely got to see more. And if he ain't it, he ain't it. And we just move on. That's it. Yeah, yeah Josh McCown is the other quarterback, Mike, who had a decent year for us. Yeah, Josh. 2017 Sorry. or 18. That's no, all right. Uh, one of those years. I and mean, he played decent too. So I got to throw him in there. We've had a couple journeymen pop in here, but nobody that we drafted has had basically any success insofar as their own personal play. Sanchez had some in the playoffs. I can't I can't fault him. Mike, one other interesting thing when it comes to Zach is the comments of the coach this week, who up to this point, I've never really heard Robert Sala, even when he threw that four interception game last year, Mike, or any of these times where it's been glaring that the mistakes were Zach's. You haven't really heard Salah be overly critical. He's a he's a um, a, a player's coach. They love him. He's not that type of guy. He's not dragging dudes in the media when he's getting interviewed. I get it. This week, a little bit of a different approach from Salah where he admitted, yeah, Zach's one of the reasons we lost that game. And, you know, he confirmed this is our quarterback for the future. Joe Douglas did the same thing. But you said something a moment ago. I mean, this is the thing I think most Jet fans are debating in their heads. Most conversations I get in with Jet fans, the ones in my family, all the chats were on mic is this. We're five and three right now. Through eight games. We take an L versus the Bills, which could possibly happen, is likely to happen. Say we do, we'll be five and four, Mike, through nine. We have eight games left. Take a look at that schedule. If they have a quarterback that just plays average and just doesn't make mistakes and we can run the ball at all with the defense we have, they could win five of those games at the end. Even if they go four and four, that's nine or ten wins right there. Right? If the quarterback isn't losing games for you, like Zach just did, Mike. Okay, basically, I'm saying last week I'm going to put it on him. So, John, John, what's going on, bro? Happy you listening. Let me ask you this, Mike. This is my question. All right, here we are. We're five and three. You know we're going to lose. Maybe five and four. We have the playoffs in our sights, Mike. It's been 2010. We've been wanting to get to the playoffs. It's been a hot minute, and this team looks like they might be able to do it. Like you said, we have all these other pieces on the squad. So. Do you go, okay, even though we have a chance, we're going to ride with Zach all year. If he's not playing well, Mike, I'm saying he continues to play like he did last week or doesn't step it up like we need him to. Do you ride with Zach all year and say, forget the playoffs? Or is there a point, Mike, where you say, okay, 
for his development, maybe we let him sit. I know you don't like Flacco. I know most people don't like Flacco. I'm not even saying Flacco is great. But is Zach, if he gets to a point where he continues playing like he just did, do you get to a point where you're like, look, we can do this thing this year. We can make the playoffs. Do you pop a Flacco back in? Is that nuts, Mike, to even yeah. suggest that? So, uh, great question. I Obviously, I think the answer is um, we play the best player on our team to give us the best chance to win. That's the that is it because you know the, the we owe that to not just the fans but to the players who are busting their butts every day but the question i think is that i ask i revert back to you is is joe flacco better than zach i mean i hear that question but is zach the best quarterback on this team because i don't think flacco beats the steelers i don't think that okay mike white is mike white better I mean, he might be. We might want to go ahead and check and see. I agree that if Zach's not cutting it, we need to make a change, obviously. I just question, is any of the options that we have good enough? Is it, or is it more value? That that would be my question. Yeah. Yeah, I just – I'm not even – that's a tough one because it's not like Joe Flacco is you know tremendous. But he did have the win versus the Browns, and he does actually throw a touchdown here or there in most of the games he plays in, we don't really see that from Zach, which is what I've, I think Jet fans are all, Mike, we're on that borderline right now where we're like, you know what? We could make the playoffs. We could still do this. That's what Bart Scott and Han were talking about today, that if they have a quarterback who just, and it's what Zach was doing. He was just game managing when they had Brees Hall in there, Michael. He was just not making mistakes, making the plays he needed to make, and we were winning football games. So we already saw the evidence that if we have someone just get in there, operate the offense at a decent level from the passing game and we could run the ball decently with the defense we have we can win games that's why that's why i just ponder because that game last week i mean a couple of those those interceptions were just so but not just ill time like they were just so off and flacco has some of those too though here can i just say but it's also oh. the difference the difference too with flacco mike when you say the pittsburgh game this and that i don't think flacco is going to miss as many of the routine passes as zach and we, I think there's pretty much evidence that he doesn't miss as many. But the same token, if there's a good pass rush from the other team, he can't move. He's not going to extend plays. Not that we've seen a lot of success from Zach extending the plays, but they both have their positives and negatives. It's just, man, like we haven't been in the playoffs in so long. Do you say, all right, are they are they all in with the, are there, are the chips all in enough on Zach, Mike, with the Jets to say, look, in lieu of W's, right, we're just going to worry about his development this year over that as opposed to saying, let's make this playoff push. Because it might be a point where we can't have both. Mike. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I know. And the only player I would think potentially could bring more better value could be maybe Mike White, because Mike White doesn't have the arm, but he's able to make those easy throws, those layups, and operate an offense, which he showed back last year. Obviously, there wasn't a lot shown here in the preseason. But um, that would probably – I'd rather go see Mike – we'll see what Mike White has than to go to – to someone like Joe Flacco, who's a statue, especially with the offensive line and those shambles that it's in. Um, but, you know, I think that, I think the biggest problem, again, I said it's just Zach's head. It's in Zach's head. But one of the alarming things during the game, like a lot of everyone is talking about the interceptions, and I found the interceptions absolutely problem but the other thing that i had a problem with is after looking at the tape and seeing the all 22 on on some of those sites there were so many receivers open that mm. he just didn't see yeah exactly like he's not 
I don't understand why he's not further. Maybe it was the the Patriot defense that is kind of complicated and kind of and confuses quarterbacks. There's no doubt about that. But like he's got to be like when quarterbacks are successful. I want you to sit back and watch Tom Brady. Just watch him. He's not obviously he's 45 years old. It's hike one two throw one two three. You see him hike steps one two sees the guy boom hits him it's quick it's fast it's you already know in your head like where you're going what you're doing you've been in this offense for two years now you're not a stupid kid you're smart you're talented yo no no more holding the ball get the ball out know where you're going read the defense know where your hot rots are if your guy's covered know your checkdowns are move the offense move it and and I need him to to do that and not struggle in doing it because there's young quarterbacks that Joe Burrow does it. Herbert does it. Okay. Um, you even look at a Jalen Hurst guy does it even, you know, you know, say what you want about Tua. He doesn't have a good arm, but he's quick and he's decisive and he knows where the ball is going. Sure. That's what you need to do. And I know Zach has talent, his throwing ability that none of the quarterbacks I just mentioned can do. But we don't care right now. That's not what matters, Zach. Protect the ball, make reads, operate the offense, and do it with confidence and trust your ability to read defenses because he doesn't trust it. He just reverts schoolyard. That's where his 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 happy place is schoolyard football. And he needs to understand that unless until you get to that Patrick Mahomes level where he can do it, but they do it in within the structure of the offense. Yeah. And move. See, Mahomes, I don't know how he learned it so quickly, but he learned not just to be able to operate within the pocket, but he also then took his wild, crazy extensions and made him his ability. Now, he has better weapons, too, but he he learned how to do that very quickly. OK, Josh Allen, unfortunately, unfortunately, knows how to play in that space, too. Zach, you're not there yet. So no. don't. Don't default there. Stay in the pocket if you're going to throw the ball away and make your reads. And and, and I and we got to see that moving forward from him. I think he can do it. The fact that a, a strong metric PFF gives is the the clean pocket um, PFF grade. Yeah. Usually, Keith, from what I've heard, what I've heard is that that metric usually is able to show future success. Okay, because it is it's essentially saying, can this person play quarterback? Okay. And his clean pocket numbers are solid. Yeah, they're solid. Solid. He is a good quarterback in, in without pressure. But all the coaches know just pressure him and he sucks because he's the actually the worst quarterback against pressure or second worst. Yeah. So that's the area. That's why I'm not again, I'm not gonna be like all these Jet fans. I know the stats are what they are, but I'm going to wait until the end of the season to make judgments. He may have another clunker here and there, but, you know, we'll see what happens. And I'm, I'm just going to wait until we, you know, the end of the season to really make judgment. And that's, that's just how I feel about it. Yeah. I don't know if this game this weekend is going to be a great one for him. You're hoping he improves and hoping he plays better than he did last week versus the bills. I want to throw one more thing at you when it comes to Zach, Mike, and then maybe we'll move on here and talk about Buffalo real quick. Um, I heard Greg Buttle mention this after the game last week, and I think why he's not 
successful sometimes does have to do with coaching. And I'm not trying to give him a pass or anything like that. But I think LaFleur needs to be – he's not spoken about like he's on the hot seat or anything like that. But I think he should be. And there should be more more talk, more people engaging in the fact that when Zach goes out there, I think they're telling him, all right, it's third and five. We're running this play. You're going to see this defense from the Patriots. And then he goes out, runs the play, and doesn't see that. It's something different. Right? And now he's scrambling. And I think a lot of times what they're telling him is going to happen, the guys they're telling him are going to be open on this play that we're running – Lawrence and he's trying to improvise all the time so I think more focus should be put on the floor too man I don't know if you necessarily hear anyone calling for his head but not that great last year the Jets offense not that great this year either and for to constantly see a quarterback looking like they're running around with their head cut off um, a lot of times that says to me he's not seeing what he thought he was going to see. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you on that. And you don't have your young quarterback throw the ball forty-one times. It's a lot. Second most of his Dude, career. Man. Come on, what the hell is that? Okay, yeah, you're that. right. You're 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 spot on. Coaching yeah. needs to be better. And and you know what? If this game was a game to just correct, fine. I, I'm I'm okay with that. Let I would like to see some improvement here against the Buffalo Bills, and they're the yep. best team in the league. According to stats, whatever the hill people, I'm so sick of these humans. <laughs> so sick of them, and I want them to make the <sighs> Super Bowl. Part of me wants them to make the Super Bowl and lose. Like I want them to lose five times so I could just troll the hell out of them and just whatever. Yeah. whatever. Anyway, digress. No, um, I mean I'd love an excruciating loss in the Super Bowl for them as well, Michael. Now this weekend's five, game, five forty-one, forty-one passing attempts. I think they only ran the ball twenty times. That was a product of just what they were not able to really accomplish there on offense. Uh, Robinson, five carries, 17 yards. Mike, seven for 26 for Carter. Neither of them really able to get anything going. You weren't expecting too much from Robinson. He only had a couple practices under his belt. But I think he'll be a decent weapon moving forward. Six catches for 115 for Garrett Wilson, which puts him number two in rookie receiving yards right now in the NFL behind Chris Olave. Oh, look who just popped in. I know. Look who just popped in. Look at fresh. Look at what's up, bro. It's an A, man. It's an early show. I'm happy you're able to get here. Sorry, we had to start so early, man. I got to pick the wife up, do a million, got to do a million things tonight. Going away, a little vacation for the wife's birthday, 40th birthday for the wife. So, got a lot going on, guys. We were just talking, Sam. Coming out of school, look at them all fresh. Look at fresh. (laughs) Sam, we just, um, we just talked about Zach Wilson for probably 30 minutes. So, we're going to segue to Buffalo in a second. But before we do that, just real quick. I haven't had a chance to speak with you about this, about Zach. I know we weren't able to chill this weekend. You had a, um, you had something going on. You had a wedding going on, so you weren't at the game. So your thoughts on Zach, your thoughts on the media kind of coming at him, some of the comments by Coach Salah and everything going on with him. Yeah, I so I watched the game twice now uh, just for posterity because I wanted to really look at Wilson, what his reads were, what he was looking at. Um, I think a lot less of it, to be honest, has to do with the coaching staff. I think a lot of it is on him. I mean, there are guys that are wide open on the field underneath on those checkdowns that for some reason he's either not seeing or not trying to hit. He almost has a problem that my quarterback has a couple times. Again, he's 17 years old and Zach's in the NFL. But quarterbacks tend to look for that big play all too often, and they don't take what they're getting to open up things downfield. And it seems like Zach's really stuck in this, I'm going to make things happen with my legs, but put the ball in really terrible and horrible situations. Some of those throws – 
every bad throw he's ever made in his whole career is the same exact problem. He does that stupid thing where he's on his back foot and he flicks his wrist and the ball goes into the opponent's hands. And he's done it for years now, you know? So these are habits that I was ho- I was hoping the coaching staff would adjust and fix. I don't know if they're working on him and he's just not doing it. Uh, I get the offensive line is shoddy, but at the end of the day, Zach, like with Brees Hall injury, it's clear that you need to be the guy for this football team. I thought the first half he was that dude. I thought he looked really good. Um, and that second half, it looked like he was the starter year one fresh out of the draft. So it's hard to grapple with those two things. Yeah, you know what sucks from the last game, guys? At the two-minute mark, we had just stopped them on downs to get the ball back, which is pretty awesome. You're like, yo, we got the momentum. Guys, we had a swing where we stopped them on fourth and one. We get the ball back. Zach throws the interception with 48 seconds left. Doesn't matter because we get a pick six right after that. Then the horrible penalty. Everything went downhill after that. What a, what a horrible turn of events. Um, yeah, I mean, Sammy, I mean, Zach Wilson's being vilified in the media and everywhere you could possibly think of this past week after this most recent game. I think, and we said this earlier, that if the Jets can just get a quarterback, and obviously Zach Wilson is the quarterback right now, but if they can get a quarterback just to manage the game and not lose the game for them, like he pretty much did last week, with a decent running attack and the defense the way it is, and you look at the next eight games after the Buffalo game, after the Buffalo game will probably be five and four, Sammy. Those last eight games – if he can just not lose the games for us, right? Which is not what you want. You want him to be good enough that he's out there winning the game for you. You don't want to have to say, just don't lose it for us. You hate to have a quarterback that's not at that elite level. But I think if he just plays like a game manager, like he did when he went 4-0, he wasn't doing much, we could run the ball. I think we could win a bunch of games the second half of the season. And, Sammy. and Yeah, I agree. And I think the beautiful thing for Jet fans, Jet Nation, the squad, the beautiful thing is it where our team is set up so well that Zach's just another piece of that cog in the machine, right? So Mike said, you, yep. you've given him, and I, of course Mike said it, right, baby? I knew you would say something like this. <laughs> but you set this whole team up for nothing but success. You have a defense that kept you in that entire game despite the terrible play of Zach Wilson. So I think you finish out the year, you see what you got, and then you say to yourself, hey, realistically, do we bring another guy in, Right. And, and see what he can do for us. Um, to your point, like I think if you can get someone who just doesn't lose you football games, like you said, I think you're you're winning a lot of these games coming up are super winnable. Yeah, and we were going through kind of just some of the stats from last week's game. Obviously, rushing-wise, they didn't do too much, but Tyler Conklin, six catches, 79 yards, two touchdowns for Tyler Conklin, so he's looking good. Two for 76 for Denzel Mims. So that's tremendous as well. Then on the defensive side of the ball also, man, you were saying we have a lot of good pieces, and we definitely do. C.J. Mosley, 13 tackles, keeping himself in the top five and tackles in the league. Quan Alexander, another good game. D.J. Reed, eight tackles. Uh, Quinny Williams, seven tackles and a sack. And then we had a sack from Clemens. We had a sack from Lawson, a sack from J.F.M. Even Nathan Shepard, Mike. Is Mike still there? Did Mike? Yeah, Mike I'm here. Tap? I'm here. I, I only see Sammy's face. I don't know who's there and who's not there, Mike. You got you got you got a close up on Sammy. Um, Nathan Shepard, the Canadian Finals, Michael had a sack. Had a sack. Me and you were like, me and Mike were both like, yo, this dude is getting cut in the preseason. You're a scrub. Yeah. He's still out there doing his thing. They traded Jacob Martin this week. Um, also, Mike, we, we didn't get to that in the news note at the beginning of the show. What they I think they got back a fifth. They got a fourth. Him. A fourth. And they, they gave fourth. up. Wow. And they gave up a fifth. Yeah, that's what it is. So they move up around. In the draft that year, but they gave up Jacob Martin. A savvy move by our boy. On defense, another good game. Sauce played good again. 
This defense now continues to move up week after week in the NFL rankings. They're ranked sixth in the can, NFL now. Can I give you some props on Sauce, by the way? Because last week you were talking about how good of a tackler he was, and I kind of noticed it, but this week I made a more conscious effort to look. And yeah. there were some times in that game where he made like solo open field tackles where if he doesn't do it, and they were really hard tackles to make. And I'm watching this kid do it, and I was like, damn, Keith called it. This kid's an awesome tackler. And you don't you don't ever – a lot of the guys that are tremendous tackling corners, they're really good at that attribute because, look, look, I don't cover that well, so I better tackle dudes well. You know you know what I'm saying? Very rarely do you have a guy like Sauce who's shutting people down. Yeah, it's incredible. And then like, yo, in the open field, it's like, I will tackle you, bro. Yeah, I will put right. you on your back, Mike. Mike, right. he could pretty much do it all. And this kid, one good thing coming out. He continues to ball. He's ball. probably the best corner in the NFL right now and he's going to be in the Pro Bowl, Michael. Tell me I'm wrong. No, yeah. I mean, um, Joe Douglas essentially said Brees Hall and Elijah Vera Tucker were playing at an all-pro level, and there's he said the same about Sauce Gardner. I Nobody saw this coming. I mean, we all – I think all of us here were really excited about Sauce, and we thought he was going get, to get ill and do good, but not like this. I mean, he is – legit top five corner in the nfl legit yeah. it's not even i'm not saying that as a jeff fan i'm being 100 real with you like this kid is the real deal and i'm he could be dare i say revis level there i mean if you're this good now damn what are you gonna be you yeah know? like you know what, what are you and revis was so i mean he was like so instinctual and such a smart player and he'd make tremendous breaks on the ball. And we know he's one of the best that's ever done it. But I don't think Revis had the physical attributes that Sauce has. He yeah, wasn't six three with the arms. You know, he Sauce is basically like Mike. If you took Revis and put him in Cromartie back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Like we all love Antonio Cromartie, but he'd still make a mental mistake and get blown blown once in a while. Sauce is like he's got all the physical tools that you'd make your corner. Like if you just made one in the laboratory. And then it seems like his acumen for the game, even though he's only played, what, seven or eight games now, the kid's like a, a five-year veteran out there, man, the type of plays it, he's making. It's great, too, because you know you have a good corner when he's never on television, right? Oh, yeah. No one's ever getting the ball over there. The dude's yep. never on TV. That's how you know you have a good secondary player, man. That guy never gets any coverage because nothing's happening on that side anyway. And, you know, we're going to need him this week, guys. Uh, Stephon Diggs coming in with Josh Allen and the Hill people. They're invading MetLife Stadium. Sammy, I told you, bring all the products you can to just keep yourself as clean and as uh, – you, you, you need to have a separate barrier between you and all of the Hill people and all the type of diseases they bring into the stadium. But it should be a good game. should be fun. I think the Jets probably are bringing their best team at the Bills they've had in a few years. I know a couple of years ago, the last game of the season, the Bills didn't play Josh Allen and we beat them. But when Josh Allen plays, we don't really beat the Bills. It's been a while, guys, um, since we've had any success against them. It's not as bad as – it's not as bad as the Patriots, but it does seem like they always find a way to beat us. The Bills right now are coming in with the number one ranked offense in the league, 430 yards a game, and they have the number three ranked defense in the league. So, unfortunately, as much as it pains me to say this, probably the most complete team in the NFL on both sides of the ball, if you're just, just going to be honest about it, guys. Josh Allen's playing great. They're throwing for 307 yards a game, rushing for a buck 22. So, Getting it done on both sides of the ball. And then on defense, they're only giving up about 200 yards a game passing. So, guys, the Jets are double-digit underdogs at home. That means that Vegas and the Earth thinks we're going to get absolutely obliterated in this game. I think the Jets have shown a good enough defense 
enough this year. The past five or six weeks, they played well enough in games, even versus offenses you thought maybe would uh, would start getting going on us. That I don't know if the Bills are going to just smash the Jets. You know, I think the Jets will play pretty good. I think we match up decent on the defensive side of the ball. What I'm more worried about is very similar to what happened versus the Ravens, Mike, where in that game, remember, they punted six of the first seven possessions, the Ravens. And in my head, I'm like, look at the Jets. Me and Sammy were like, yo, we're in this game right now. They're playing well. We just can't score any points. And eventually the defense wore down, and it was what it was in the second half. Mike, what do you see happening this weekend with this game? Defense looks like it's a little bit better, much improved. Zach coming off his worst game in a while, Mike. You know, they're kind of feeding the fire underneath Zach right now, man. I really do think uh, he's in hot water when it comes to a lot of Jet fans, but – I don't know. This, this is another chance for him, Mike, to kind of change people's opinions on him, to kind of change the Jet narrative, and to get the Jets back on track. If he was to, if he was to win this game, Mike, it's even bigger than winning the game last week to me. Yeah. The Bills, the Bills are the best team in the league, you know? I, I think – so I'll be – like I'll make sure everyone understands I definitely am biased because I hate the Bills. Not like I hated the, the Patriots. But <laughs> I definitely hate the Bills. But I've watched the Bills, and – I don't, you know, I know they're probably the most all best all around team, but they can be beat. Um, the reason why they are so hard to beat, the reason is Josh Allen's mobility. That's the reason. That's what's so hard about beating them because when he begins his escapability and gets outside the pocket and makes, you know, nobody's open, he just goes and makes those calls. It the de- it takes the defense back. And it's hard to defend somebody like that. But as a passer, uh, you know, if Josh Allen isn't someone who's going to carve you up like the way Aaron Rodgers will. He's big play. Diggs is open. Hit for a 50-yard touchdown. Gabriel Davis hit for a 45-yard touchdown. He's got that arm, that rocket arm, no doubt. But, you you know, if your defense is solid and nobody's open – He's not someone who's going to rip you apart with his ability to break down defenses. That's not the type of quarterback he is. He's a big play, big run type quarterback. So the Dolphins beat him, and the Dolphins, I honestly, I don't think are really that good either. I mean, they they have some really sick weapons, but they could be beat. So can the Jets beat the Bills? Yes, I definitely think they can. Yeah, what do you think, Sam? Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My no, turn. no, I just think I don't think they will. I think I think it's this game is going to be much closer than people think. I think Zach Wilson will have one of those game manager games where he won't throw a pick or maybe throw one that was whatever. He won't do what he did against the Patriots again on this defense. Um, but I I think that we're going to get to Josh Allen, and I think that uh, you know we'll make the game interesting. Ultimately, I think the Bulls will win because they are a better team than us. But uh, they they are the best team in the league. But I, I don't see them like when the Patriots were the best team in the league or the, when the Rams were the best team. Like that was the best team in the league. Like you're not touching them. The Bills are not. They can be beat. Yeah, I mean, Sam, Mike will just continue to hit on Josh Allen forever. It's not. It's not going to ever go away. Everybody, just just respect it. Just respect that the boy does not come off brand. That's what I will say to all of you. Um, Mike is still the biggest Josh Allen hater, but he still, even in that moment, did give Josh Allen some credit for the things he can do. And I don't disagree with Mike. I think what he's able to do with his legs at his size 
um, is maybe only Cam Newton is the only other quarterback that comes to mind. That's that size that was able to be as mobile as him. And he did a lot of the same things, Cam, because of his legs and because of that threat, a play breaks down. He's going to get eight or nine yards. Now it's second and two. And they keep moving the chains. That's why it's so hard to stop a team like that. Um, I think, you know, Josh Allen creates so many issues for you because of his size, because he can run. He has some good weapons out there. And it seems like they call tremendous plays on offense because I don't ever see – like they seem wide open every time he throws the ball to anybody. Like just wide open. You know, you don't see him having to put the ball in a pocket and make a tremendous throw all the time. And he, he makes all the throws he needs to when he's super successful. And that team is absolutely just a beast to deal with. Sammy, there's really no weakness on the Bills here. But that doesn't mean the Jets don't have advantages here and, and ways to maybe win the game. How do you think it's going to shake out this weekend? Do you think coming off last week, way Zach played, we have a shot? Yeah. Um. I, so I'm curious to a couple things. I'm curious to see how the young team responds to a week that you know you probably should have won going against the top offense in the league, right? Like the Jets in total as a unit have 2,700 yards. Josh Allen has 2,500 yards, right? Like that's that's ridiculous. So he's a he's a huge problem. I think he's gotten better as a passer. Can you sort of do the hybrid combination of what you did against Lamar Jackson and in the secondary do what you get, did against Miami? Like, can you marry those two things? I think if you marry those two things and you set edges like we talked about with Lamar to contain him, right? And then you run a lot of man coverage and hope that you can cover their guys on the field that you your guys are better. I think you play that game, like Mike said, a lot closer. But I disagree. I think if Wilson has a game manager game, I don't think we come anywhere close to winning this football game. I think the only way that we beat Buffalo is through the air. I don't think we're going to get a lot in the way of running the football, especially with Hall out. Robinson, I still think, needs another week or two. Like you saw him extremely limited. So he's not going to be a super viable option for us, I don't think, unless he surprised me, which – Thank God. Right. Um, but I think it's going to come down to how well Zach can play with the receiving core against the secondary of the bills for us to have any shot at winning. And we have to marry those two defenses. I think the defense is playing well enough to win. I don't see Zach playing well enough to win and beat this football team. I just don't. And I think Von Miller is going to be a huge problem for us to deal with. The guy's still yeah. gotten in the tank. I've watched him up a couple games this year already. That guy's going to be a real problem for us out there. Yeah, you're right, Sam. He is still playing well, Von Miller. It just seems like, you know, Father Time has not caught up with him yet. He's still making big plays, still causing problems on third downs all over the place. Buffalo Bills are averaging 29 points a game. So you know this is a game where if you're going to take a W, your quarterback's going to probably have to throw for a couple touchdowns, probably like Sammy said. Uh, I don't know if the Jets' defense is good enough to hold this team under 20 points and just grind out, you know, some touchdowns in the run game. But who knows, man? Some, sometimes those good defenses can really – do a number on, you know, a good offense, depending on what the scheme is. The the Dolphins were able to beat them, like Mike said, but that game, if you look, Bills had like 500 yards on offense. The Dolphins had like a buck 80. They just had a whole, they turned the ball over at bad times, the Bills, ton of penalties in that game on the Bills. They had no business winning that game, Miami, at all. Kind of like the Patriots, I feels like last week, because what a winnable game that felt like last week for us, guys. I think the Jets will play well this weekend also, especially coming off last week, I think, the nation non-Jet fans are expecting us just to get smashed by the Bills. I talked to a lot of Patriot fans last week in the crowd that were expecting us to get smashed by the Bills. I think the defense will keep us in most of these games this year. I don't know how often we're going to get blown out, but, man, Zach's going to have to ball. And this is a chance here, man. Like, 
you had these highs and lows in the season. And I know when Zach got injured, guys, before the year started, it was a low. Because like, oh, we're going to be rolling with Flacco now, right? Then we won a couple games. We had the Cleveland game. Zach comes back. He goes 4-0. He just lost his first game. So Mike was trying to express to some people, you know, to be maybe a little bit more cautious. He is 4-1 and one this year. I know Zach has his limitations. I know last week he didn't look good. But it's the best thing about football, the best thing about sports, the next week there's another game. Another game. Another chance for Zach to go out here. Get Jet fans back on his side. Okay? Forget about the national media and all these idiots. Who gives a shit what any of them think? I don't care. You're not a Jet fan. You're not here in New York. You're not in our bubble like the rest of us. We just want to win. So, Zach, go out there. Don't make mistakes that lose the game for us and make us want to make us want to lose it on you guys. Just, just go out there, play well. And I think if they do that, they'll be in the game. But I don't I the good teams in this league can't beat the Bills right now. The best teams in the yeah. league can't. So I have a hard time yeah. saying that we're going to take a W. I think it's going to be a loss, but I do think the Jets will play pretty decent this weekend. Mike. Sammy, one thing I wanted to mention, because I was telling Keith, we were going over Zach Wilson compared to other quarterbacks and everything, and actually his numbers are lower than Sanchez, Gino, Darnold after 18 games, all that. And I was telling Keith, you know, I think he has the highest ceiling out of all those quarterbacks because I see throws that he makes that are just incredible, right? But one of the other things that I wanted – I was going to bring up with you, you weren't on before um, – and you, you know, you being a coach, do you know where Zach makes his success on the field as far as completing throws? In the middle of the field, not on the side. Yeah. Not in the middle. There's you a look at any pass that he makes them in the middle. And that to me, uh, 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 guys, that is really encouraging. Because, so, mo go, ahead. go ahead. Yeah. So there's a reason for that from a coaching perspective. So, like, the way you structure your defense is you are co okay with giving every single offense from like seven to 15 yards in the middle of the field to work with. Cause that's where you're strongest and have the most people that if they do make a play that can converge on the ball to make the tackle. So you're least likely to give up a big play in the middle of the field. So defenses protect more so around the edges because that's where you're weakest. That's where you're thin. Um, so with Zach, that's that's the that should be the easy part actually is those middle of the field because that part should be the more open, less guys in coverage areas. Even when they go hybrid zone and man, that middle of the field is always pretty much exposed. On and, and I've run a bunch of defenses with my program. Fundamentally, the way that they work out is that middle of the field is pretty much always open, unless you purposely make it a point to cover that. Just the way it naturally kind of unfolds. So he's got to start making – and he does too, to your point. He makes some of those edge throws that still makes me believe he's a great quarterback and can be. Yeah. He makes some of those yeah. sideline dots that zip in there right in Dude. the hip. Like that throw to Conklin in the end zone. That's what I told Keith. I said that was beautiful. Like I was telling Keith, that is an NFL throw. For the fans watching, you don't fundamentally – I don't think you, you understand unless you've played in football how hard that throw is to make. For any quarterback at any level, that throws redonkulous. Sick, um, bro. Yeah, guys. I mean, I like the like thesis Sammy just hit you guys with. Drop some football knowledge and the X's and O's on your ass, which I appreciate. Guys, if they take this L, they're five and four. Then we got the bye week. Then it's New England, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. Of all those games right there. The only game you stare out of the schedule and think we'll probably lose or in my gut is the Buffalo game. All the rest of those games at this point right now look like chances for us to win 
And with the defense we have, we can run the ball a little bit, like I've said a bunch of times, man. I don't know. The second half of the season could be looking good. Hopefully, Zach straightens it out this week, guys. Hopefully, Zach gets his head on straight. No stupid plays. Don't don't lose the game for us. Um, hopefully, the coaches are out there telling them the right things because Buffalo, you know, has tortured us. You know, the, the fans torture us in the stands. So, man, I hope you have fun this weekend, Sammy. I will be away for the wife's 40th birthday, so I'm actually going to miss this game which is torturous for me because I love to be in there just giving it to the Hill people. And I love – and I always tell Jet fans when they say to you, the Jets don't play in New York, the Bills don't play in Buffalo. You play in Orchard Park. It's further away from where you say you're from than the Jets are from New York. The Dallas Cowboys play in Arlington, Mike. You know it's a half hour away from Dallas. I don't so I don't understand why they do I don't, that. I don't, even, I don't even respond God. You would appreciate this. Today in my AP U.S. history class, I was teaching about the Erie Canal. And obviously you have to mention the place that is Buffalo. And of course, being Jet Week against Buffalo, I took this opportunity to educate all my kids on the Hill people in (laughs) Buffalo as well. That's good. See, they they need to know. They need to know the history of the Hills have eyes up there in Buffalo and just these horrible white trash human beings that have somehow become – I don't know, beloved by some people throughout the country. I don't even know what to say, guys. I mean, the way people vote nowadays, I shouldn't be surprised, I guess. But, guys, that's all we have for this week. Michael, thank you for getting on here early. You know I got a lot going on tonight. Appreciate it. If anyone does want to get at us and support us in any way, shape, or form, Mike, how could they do that? On Facebook, we're at AEBG.JetsRadio. On Twitter, we're at AEBG underscore NYJ podcast. And on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Garris, on behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. Get at you next week, everybody. Peace out. Cool.